FMX Network Production. You cast me, complete me till death do us part. What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. This is Dark Side from the Moto X Pod Show. This is the number one wrap-up show in the moto industry, where each week, myself and a couple guests wrap up and discuss the good, the bad, and the janky in that week's Pulp MX Show. But before we get started, I want to thank all the sponsors who've come on board. Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, and Motosport.com. I appreciate all the help and support from those great companies, so please use them and support them. Also, feel free to reach out with questions, comments, or critiques by emailing me, darkside at pulpmx.com. All right, let's wrap this thing up. What's up, guys? After a couple weeks, we are back with another Pulp MX wrap-up show. I'm, of course, your host, Darkside from Vital MX Now and the Moto X Pod Show. My guest on the on the phone tonight, first up, because he'll whine if I put him second, from Verb Moto, brought to you by Guts Racing, my good friend, my buddy, my homie, Troy Dog. You're supposed to say best friend on there. But <laughs> never, yeah, no, you did you did a great job. I almost never that. good good enough for you. No, you do great things, Dark Side. I'm always on your uh, your team, you know that. Right, right. Yeah. You just like to give me a lot of shit on social media, but we're we're boys. We're besties. BFS. Best friends. One of my other close besties. He is the owner of Seal Savers, and tonight we're gonna just let him be brought in by Seal Savers, my buddy Mason Mill. What's going on, Mason? Oh, not too much, Dark Side. Just uh, getting back from Off-Road Expo out in Phoenix and excited to wrap up this week's Pulp Show with you guys. Yeah, you caused me a little uh, a little heightened stress. Not necessarily stress, but it was a little exciting there for a little while because you didn't know if you were going to be able to do this tonight. And I, I reached out and actually got a bunch of people that were willing to jump on, but like some of them were tomorrow, some of them were... It was all like at times that I couldn't get it done. So <laughs> thank God you were able to save the day by getting your schedule to work for uh for the wrap-up show yeah it was uh it was close at like you know whatever time nine ten o'clock this morning when we were talking and i had five hours of pulp to get through before this thing i was a little nervous and didn't want to be underprepared coming on so um i think i'm ready and looking forward to a good show all right well we're going to get into it we're going to get into this week's show which was show number 521 with the fastest man in piedmont in studio from michelin randy richardson and on the phone one of the TV hosts for Red Bull Straight Rhythm, the team manager of Orange Brigade, my buddy Daniel Blair, Chris Kiefer called in from the Goat Farm, Marvin Muscan, fresh off his domination at Red Bull Straight Rhythm, Lars Lindstrom, Honda HRC team manager, as well as the real Jeremy Malott. I don't know if you guys realize it, there are more than one Jeremy Malott in the two-wheeled industry, but this is what I'm, I'm going to call him the real Jeremy Malott from Red Bull, the hammer. Uh, general discussion topic, just the show in general, Mason, with Randy in studio. How do you rate it? How'd you feel about it? Give me your thoughts. I think this one was really good. Randy's always great. He's always bringing some good jokes. Uh, I felt like he was a little bit tamed down compared to last time. And if I remember right, the last time he was in studio was right after World World uh, Vets last year, right? 
Uh, you may be right. I'm not positive. I feel like he stopped in for something else at some point, but maybe that was a year before. But yeah, you might be right I, when, when he took over the show with all the songs and stuff. I think that you might be right. Yeah, and I think that left a pretty bad taste in uh, Steve's <laughs> mouth after the last time. So I thought he was pretty tame and mellow this time. Um, but I still really enjoyed the show. I really enjoyed listening to uh, a DB followed up with uh, JT. It just felt like a pretty low-key show, and it was a good one. Yeah, you think they had a talk, Steve and, and Randy, before the show? Like, hey, man, don't don't take over? I think they've had a talk over the last year <laughs> since World Vets. I think that it's been an ongoing conversation. Very real possibility. Troy Dog, thoughts on the show? Did you like Randy as a co-host? Because there were a few people on uh, YouTube that were kind of like, oh, man, he's he's boring me. Like he's slow and they were kind of getting frustrated, but there's always somebody that complains about something every week anyway. Yeah. You're not going to please everybody. I love Randy. I I converse him from time to time on, on social media and in DMS and sometimes like, and like, obviously his humor is not everyone's cup of tea, but I think he's hilarious. I found myself laughing at several of his just dry jokes throughout it. Um, especially towards the end there it got really really good so uh randy's always a 10 for me um and then as far as the other guests on the show it was yeah you're right it was jam-packed like we had everybody who was doing something um you know so i thought the show was pretty good i got going into it i didn't really expect much right i don't know why you never know with off-season shows right yeah but like once we got down to it and talking to everybody like everyone's really busy Mm -hmm. doing their thing and it's a lot of uh, Red Bull straight rhythm talk, obviously. Yeah. Um, well, well, since that so. that was the most recent event, let's start with that. Uh, well, let's just listen to some audio and we'll get into it. Two years gone, Red Bull straight rhythm. Uh, what a unique event! What what a cool event. Um, they they moved it down to the beach this year. And while it certainly has a super cool vibe, man, there was nothing like being down there on the beach. Yeah, what was in, it like? What was it like? I mean, I heard I heard the crowd was in real. They had to stop selling tickets yeah, at some point. Yeah, right? so exactly. What was it like being down in Huntington? Uh, to me, it's cool. That's a cool area, right? And you get a lot of people just coming through back and forth, and there were people staying on the new sidewalk that they created out there. So they piggybacked uh, this event on what Roland Sands has been doing for quite some time, the Moto Beach Classic. Yep. Did you get a sense of, like, these are Moto fans that go to Anaheim that came down, or did you get a sense of these are locals that don't really know what's going on, but they're checking it out? Like, what, what did you... The fans. What did you get the sense of? To me, I think it was more of a a moto enthusiast uh, fan base. Certainly. Did you get a sense that it's coming back to Huntington? Like, is that? I would. I would think certainly so. I would. I would think it needs to. Um, What what, what were the pits like? No semis, right? Everyone's a box fan. No, nothing like that. Nothing like that. Pro Circuit had uh, their box fan there, so that was that was so so cool to me. Um, Some others had this uh, KTM and 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 brands just had sprinters and everything. so it was super chill, yeah. low key, which I kind of like that little environment. Um, the pits, uh, unlike previous years, the pits were not open to public or general admission. Even okay. even me with a VIP pass really? from Red Bull, couldn't, no, couldn't I get couldn't get in, in there. No, they had me locked in. They had me kind of be cornered in where the nobody Red puts Bull Randy in a was. corner. You will not believe how many of the industry's elite uh, media personnel that I saw there. Oh, oh I oh. saw so. It, it was a who's who. Yeah. Anyone yeah. who's relevant in, right. in motorcycle was media was there. Yeah, All right. Look, it's no secret the Red Bull guys are Red Bull KTMs and they support this event. Is it uh, uh, made lesser by not having sort of a bigger range of guys there? No, I don't think I don't think it dilutes it any. Right. You know, yes, it would be it'd be better if they had 
those other riders there. Yeah. But what I was, oh, no, was going to say is that Red Bull certainly welcomes and accepts in if it's a Hill that's a monster rider or Josh Hansen that's a rock star rider. Like, they don't keep those riders no, out. No, They welcome yeah, them, absolutely. and, no, and their would. logos are just as clear as their own house. Yeah, brand, no, that, that's not what I mean to say. Uh, Mason, first of all, since you're SoCal, did you get to go to the event? No, I was in Phoenix at Off-Road Expo. Oh, I did watch um, the highlights of it. Yeah, I did watch it, uh, whatever that was, Saturday night, kind yeah. of highlights of it. Um, I did enjoy it. Um, I do think it'd be cool to get some bigger name guys there, and I know we'll get onto their rant here in a bit. Um, but no, it, it's always a fun event to watch. I always look forward to it, and Kenny was just unreal. Some of those scrubs were sick, oh, and Marv, just, Marv is on another level, even on top of Kenny. So that was it was a great time. Yeah, I... I was kind of curious, just well, the way Randy described it, him kind of talking about the stories post race, right? Going to the bar and hanging out, and like him talking about being there made me want to go more. Like, this is one of those events that I like it, but it's not at the top level of my favorite events. And I would go if I had the opportunity, but I, for some reason, Mason, Randy talking about it made me more excited to want to go and be part of. The event, not necessarily just watching the racing, but just the whole event as a whole. Yeah, I think being there, it's got to be more fun than watching it. I mean, it's still pretty good to watch on TV. However, I felt like it does get a little bit repetitive um, watching it on TV. And I think that you kind of skip over that being there live and seeing all the action. But yeah, I, I would love to go, especially down on the beach. I could imagine how fun that was. Yeah, and Troy, I take a little bit of offense to Randy saying all the elite media that any media that's anybody was there. Cause you and I weren't there. So I feel like that's a false statement. Yeah. I think it slipped his mind a little bit that I wasn't there, you know, but yeah, um, of course. Yeah. I mean, that's, that was rough. Like I heard that. I kind of, I really took offense <laughs> to it, but me and him are, are good friends. So we'll, we'll work on that. Yeah. I, but I, yeah, the, the environment sounds so good. Like being at the beach, you know, just, catching some waves like we should have been we missed it man like yeah. you and me our goal is to go next year oh definitely i'm definitely planning on being there next year i was a little surprised troy about randy's statement about the pits not being open to the public or even like him having a vip you know i assume not being egotistical that being media i would have had access but i thought it was a little unusual that the pits weren't open. I think that's a big part of why that event was so cool is having such a the fans having such access to it. Yeah. Right. That was kind of strange, but like, uh, I think Jeremy said it was uh fire marshals, right? That yeah. Said yeah. They couldn't. Sure. So yeah, just, I mean, yeah, that puts, you know, if you have an event at the beach like that, like there's going to be so many rules, but you know, that probably took away from the event and the vibe. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, it's hard to say. Uh, Jerry Moonlot, as you mentioned, and I think I mentioned at the beginning, Red Bull, he, he put on the event. He came on the show to talk about it. He, he came on a few weeks ago before the event, Mason. Uh, and he kind of he touched on the pressures, right? He talked about like waking up at 2.45 or whatever in the morning and looking at the weather app and wondering if he said blowtorches. I don't know if he really meant blowtorches, but like needing to try to prepare for what might be coming. Like I can only imagine the stresses that he had to deal with, the pressures he had to deal with to get ready for an event like this, you know, especially on the beach at Huntington. That's, that was pretty, uh, in, a look inside of his mind a little bit, what he was going through. Yeah. And you could tell that it was definitely weighing on him over these, over these uh, last couple of weeks. And it definitely felt like a big weight lifted off of his shoulders. Um, you know, just the way he was talking about it. And 
I'm sure looking back, like he was mentioning, there were some things he'd like to change. I think he said it was like 85% of what he really thought it could have been or what he really wanted it to be. Um, but it was just really cool to get some of those back end, um, I guess that insight of what really went into it and what, as the, the number one guy putting it on, like what he wanted to do differently going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And you, I think a minute ago, Mason mentioned the race tech rant and it's a little early in the wrap up show to get to the rant, but I think it's relevant. So let's listen to it. Uh, because I think this was a, actually one of Steve's better opinions. I know okay. two-stroke right. saved this race. Maybe saved is a bit of a stretch, but it's time, man. we got to bring four strokes back to Red Bull straight rhythm. Don't lose the two-strokes. Keep that. I'm not advocating. That's fantastic. I want to see Jet Lawrence. I want to see Jason Anderson. I want to see Chase Sexton. I think these guys would do it. Um, I also want could. to see Jet Lawrence. Right. Yeah. That was but, also. I yeah. really wanted to see him. Yeah. But on a two-stroke, <laughs> before us, uh, you know. on a two-stroke, yeah, no, because look, they can't, they can't find the parts for these bikes anymore. They, oh, they can't build. They can't say, hey, Chase, you can't do it. Jet can because we have one clutch basket for this CR250, and that's it. Uh, they're not going to go buy bikes off Craigslist and build them. Stop it, everybody. Factories are not going to do that. So stop with that. I didn't get those guys. We didn't get those guys when we did do four strokes. It was it was still the, the same, you know, well, you only got Red Bull guys. Well, everybody's invited. All the big names are invited. Whether they choose to come is up to them. The moment you bring four strokes in, and I've said this, the stakes go up. Like, I'll tell you right now, I walked that track with Jason Baker, and I'm, I walk it with the eyes, and I, this is, you know, compliments to him. I go, what's Hanny going to quad today? Like, and I so I walk it, and I go, Hey, can he quad this? We look at it, and I, he goes, maybe if he does this, 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 and yeah, I go, knock this down, because I don't want guys getting hurt. This is a perfect opportunity. You could perhaps even put them on the lane together and try that and see how it goes. Um, I'll, I'll give you that. No 450s, yeah. but 250s against 250, yeah. right. which I still don't know why we're not doing that in racing, but yes, that's absolutely yeah. a great, great, great call. Right, so you, you do that, and then now you create even more interest for your race, yeah. because this is something that fans mm -hmm. want to see. Mm -hmm. uh, Troy Dog, so Good points from both sides. Let, let me just get your thoughts on the overall race tech rant there, and I'll give you my opinion in a minute. Yeah, I, I mean, Steve's going to love this, but I totally agree with him. He, uh, I mean, he knocked it out of the park. You, I think I was kind of over the, the two-stroke thing. Like, two-strokes are great. Everyone's going to hate on me for saying that. Yep. But you're an idiot. At the same time, like, you know, four strokes are where it's at right now, and I think that they are missing something with that at the event. And, uh, like you hear hammer, he agrees with him too. And he hears him loud and clear. And, uh, yeah, Steve's totally right in this situation for the event to grow and continue to grow. They're gonna have to make some changes. I think eh, you might be onto something there. I don't know if I'd say he's totally right. Mason. Cause again, I think he's right. If the reason he's talking about bringing four strokes in worked, right. If he said, if they said, okay, we're going to allow 254 strokes, and all of a sudden, like he said, Jason Anderson, Jet Lawrence, et cetera, et cetera, said, okay, I'm going to do the event, then yes, it works. If those guys still don't show up, then I don't really feel that there's a need to have the four strokes, although I do like the 250 versus 250 idea. But what are your thoughts, Mason? Um, I agree with you. I thought that his um, – I kept waiting for him to say he wanted to see a third or fourth lane added into that, which oh. I think would be pretty cool. Okay. Um but I, I agree with him. I do think that the two strokes made that event super cool a couple of years ago. I do think going back to four strokes or some kind of a blend uh, is about due for this event. I think it's kind of just ready for some kind of uh, revamp, but not that it needs it, but just kind of something to keep more people coming and, and just to keep it fresh and new because it is 
um, such a special event. They could have all kinds of fun with it. Personally, like I said a second ago, I think adding a third or fourth lane would be really cool. Yeah, it's probably a lot more cost because they'd have to add a lot more oh, dirt. Sure. But yeah, that's... Uh, hell, I'd be fine with three abreast. That'd be cool. Who, yeah. I still feel like we need a turn. Do a 180 at the back, at the end, and they got to come back down the lane. I want a turn. I want some block passes. That's where I, I guess I, I get a little bit... I don't want to use the word bored, but it is very repetitive, as Steve kind of said. And he brought up a really good point, too, guys, later on, where he was talking about, like, AJ Catanzaro and, and you know... Any of those guys that really only that got knocked out in the first round, they put all this time into an effort into building a bike, getting the parts, and then they go out, they get two runs, and it's over. And you kind of wish like there was an LCQ or some kind of grudge match, like you said, Mason, maybe a revamp. But Troy, that's a lot of effort to put in for some of those guys that just don't really get through the you know the first round. It's over. Yeah, they need some sort of. Um... I don't know, like a bonus round or something like before you go home, like here, you have one more chance to get into the main show, maybe for like two of them or something. Yeah. I don't really know how that would do or die, work, but. or line them all up. Let's line all, whoever the, the, everybody that goes out in the first round and everything there are, you just, you line them all up. It doesn't matter, man. It might be only two lanes, but make it work. Fit first one to the end gets, gets to the advance. Yeah. It's a no, joke. It, I'm joking. Uh, I think maybe like, you know how, how baseball is right now where you get like that, the wild card game, and then the oh, first yeah. guy gets a buy. Right, know, right. Something. Mason, what about the I, Mason? What about the idea that Steve brought up of taking it downtown somewhere? And then Randy, of course, talked about the the crowds, uh, large crowd issues. I don't really see it happening downtown. That doesn't mean it won't, but I think the complications of that would even be more greater than doing it on the beach. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, what was the one that was in Nashville that just went off? Because that one was really cool. And then doesn't um, Sidechain Pastrana have something coming up too that looks pretty fun? Uh, I think going into a city would be would be like a next step for them. I think it'd be really cool watching all the people. Like you know, they'd get all those viewers just from bars and restaurants hanging out downtown that would uh, have no idea what's going on, and all of a sudden these guys are going, you know, thirty feet in the air doing all these triples and whatnot. So I think it'd be really cool in a city. I think it would be cool. I think the logistics would be very difficult, but definitely not something that Im- that's impossible. Uh, we, you know, I would have thought doing it on the beach would be pretty difficult, and they made it happen. Uh, speaking of, well, speaking of Randy Richardson, Michelin Bicycle Tires, the sponsor of this Pulp Mix wrap-up show in 1891, Troy, a few years before you were born, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire, and to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium-finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink, visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products, including the Wild Enduro, the E-Wild, the Pilot BMX 20-inch tire, or any of the road models. Michelin bicycle tires rule. Daniel Blair. Daniel Blair, one of my good friends, Troy, did a really good job at Red Bull Straight Rhythms. He, I don't know, I just, I'm a little partial to Daniel, but just did a great job working Weege. I was super happy to see him do the, you know, get the opportunity to work with Weege and hopefully that's going to continue to happen as super motocross takes off. What'd you think about Daniel on the show and his uh, role at Red Bull? I mean, is there anyone else that has more of a grind than that guy right now? Like his stock is completely rising. Like it, I mean, yours is too, obviously, but yeah, I'm um, right. You have to him. cut his hair to do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm right behind him. That's for sure. 
Yeah, you're right behind him. And then I'm like, I'm trying, I'm like right there with you too, I feel like, but I just wanted to add that. But yeah, yeah I mean, he, him and Weege like together, like that's like the dream team. Like I'm not going to take away from, you know, other commentators in the sport, but like when I want to hear people talk about the sport, it's those two guys right now. And like, it, it's, it's cool to see him rise through it. And he's got so many projects open, like the new KTM or the Orange Brigade deal. Mm-hmm. And this, He's just got a lot on his shoulders, and he seems to be knocking it out of the park. So uh, I really enjoyed listening to him on the show. Well, I'm going to play straight rhythm. I'm going to play a little montage of his interview on Pulp, and then Mason will we'll ask. I got a few more questions. We need to see some sort of challenge mm-hmm. for the fastest man in Piedmont, and maybe our guy Daniel here yeah. can do it. Let's see. That's I, yeah. I don't. I don't need to. I'll just have my son take care of it. It was cool because there was like storylines and drama building the whole time. Like Barsha Webb was a fun one. You know, I mean. It, it it just really worked out. I mean, the 125 final was cool. Carson Brown was sending it pretty good. So I really had a good time in our little tiny cage booth that we were in. I mean, we had a blast for three hours. We, I mean, we'll probably get into that, but he was super fun to work with. And it was just, just a rad trip. Was it nice having, you know, no reins on you per se, as far as uh, calling an action? For me, it was weird because that was my first time back in like the analyst chair. I'm, I mean, I yeah. kind of abandoned that a long time ago in arena cross. I mean, I haven't been in that spot in a long time. So it was cool for me to go back to like my original role, but then do it with Weege, who is like such a pro. I watched him all summer work with like so many people. So to like get to experience what everyone else got this summer, which is to be by him was really fun for me. Something I've always wanted to do. And I got to just be like a regular, like dirt bike racer again. And the mood again was cool because you talked to any of the riders and they were all like, yeah, no big deal. Just hanging out. But then as soon as the helmets were on, they all got super serious. He's kind of factory. I'm not going to lie. He kind of gets a lot of stuff for free and gets a lot of things taken care of. So, I mean, I, I don't, I haven't seen him in his true element where he's being at his cheapest. Cause when I'm around him, dude, I mean, it's kind of red carpet for the guy, to be honest. I mean, they give him everything. I, I don't know. I, I feel like the shtick is like only 50% true. I somehow convinced Justin Brayton wasn't hard he actually jumped at it but i convinced him to do arena cross next year yeah. uh, with us how's orange brigade stuff going it's tough i'm not gonna lie steven it's uh it's it's not easy <laughs> <laughs> i mean i really i like it i i like it because the half that i understand i really really like like working with the riders and the families and kind of that strategy and you know looking at the calendar and trying to figure out plan- i love all that part the other side, I'm learning, like contracts and just more of the, I guess, the, the, the business responsibilities in that job, that hasn't been super easy, but I'm trying really hard to learn as fast as possible. There's just so much. I really didn't think it was going to be as hard as it is, but, I'm, but I am figuring it out. All right, Mason, like I said, a montage of different topics they touched on. The two I want to point out, I'm going to let you pick one. We'll go to the other one, the Troy. Orange Brigade or Arena Cross announcing with Justin Brayton? Uh, let's go with Orange Brigade. Okay. He, his hesitation, I feel like he's a little stressed. Yeah, no, he definitely seemed like he's uh, under some pressure there and not quite sure where he, what his uh, what his next steps are. I, I, maybe not necessarily his next steps, but um, just kind of seems like a bit of a whirlwind for him at Orange Brigade. Yeah, it sounds like there's the corporate side. You know, he talked about contracts and stuff that he's just not used to, and it's going to take time probably to figure that out. Whereas I know he was super excited about working with the kids, kind of coaching a little bit and helping guide these young men at, or young women, you know, the, as they develop through their careers. But I'm sure the corporate side has got to be a little 
overwhelming probably and new. So I, I think that's what it was. They didn't get too deep into it, but I, you definitely sensed it too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think you nailed it with that. Like, I think he may have thought that the role would have looked a little bit different, like more dealing with families and the coaching and training and all that planning, um, like you mentioned. And I think that the corporate side is taking a little bit bigger of a toll on him than he expected it to. Yeah, yeah, pretty interesting. All right, Troy Docs, you get Arena Cross announcing with Justin Brayton. I assume, they didn't touch on it, that this will be like a pre-recorded or post-recorded. I don't know that they'll be there live, but it, it to me it adds to this Arena Cross series. Having Daniel and Justin Brayton announcing, I, I feel like that's a step up in the announcing and maybe they're making a, a bigger push to getting the, the Arena Cross back to its glory. Yeah, especially with uh, how it's been since the Hamsville Arena Cross series went away. Mm-hmm. It kind of, I mean, there's a void of so many little arena cross series. I don't want to say little, but like it wasn't on that level of Amsoil. So like there's a, there's definitely a need for the one series. Like, and, you know, it's kind of been, I know Ralph and Jeff, did they do that one last year? I believe they did. Yeah. I think that's the one they did. And again, no disrespect to those guys, but I I think it's right. Daniel's, you know, the new era of announcing and Justin Brayton's a legend and yeah, comes from the arena. Exactly. Cross. So yeah, I think it's, it's cool. So when you get those two guys who have raced arena cross and have so much experience in that made, they got their start there yep. and actually made, you know, I mean, Daniel was on that guy Honda ride for a bit, but I mean, Brayton's a legend. So to see where they've come from arena cross to what they accomplished and the big show is going to add a lot to that series for sure. Yeah, the only thing I feel like Steve didn't get to, and there maybe there was a pre-discussion on this, is does Daniel know what his role is for Supercross this year? Have they announced, you know, has Feld told him anything? And, and maybe Daniel doesn't know yet, and Steve knew just not to ask. But I, I kind of wish he had asked, so we would have at least known something. Uh, but, you know, Steve's Steve's not always on point. You know, sometimes he, he just he falls short sometimes, Troy. Oh, oh wow. No, no comment on that. I can't. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about another topic he's going to fall short on soon. We'll get to oh. that. Uh, the other thing that they touched on with Daniel, and he touched on it with JT a little bit, was this Ken Roxon situation, Mason. Uh, let's listen, and then we'll we'll get everybody's thoughts. I think the biggest story is Ken Roxon showed up on a Yamaha, and like for those who were like, ah, he'll be back on Honda, or, or you know, ah, like he's just going to get through this, and then – so they're going to sign him back or, you know, all those people that are like, I still think there's a home for Roxon, which I was saying on the show, it's over. Like I said that a month ago. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's over. Yeah. That, that post of the chain breaking was not good mm-hmm. for him mm-hmm. and Honda's relationship. Never mind the World Supercross stuff. Uh, he showed up on Yamaha mm-hmm. and that was probably the highlight of the event was watching Ken Ro- I mean, he was an amazing, amazing rider, yeah. but then just being yeah. on a Yamaha. Yeah it, yeah, it certainly was. He drew a lot of attention, and, and the bike, iconic look like Bob Hurricane Hannah, and the gear, uh, everything about that just oozed mm. cool. The issue with that post and everything um, with Honda, you know, leading up to it or some yeah. time ago, um, yep. that, that corporate ship has sailed. So Roxon was good. The whips, the scrubs he was pulling was... Incredible. The one on Barsha was just... And Barsha knows what to Known do. Known for that, he, yeah, yeah. He, he's, you know, he could do that. Yeah. And he couldn't do it or didn't do it. And yeah. Fox had made up, you know, five bike lengths yep, by doing yep. that. Phenomenal. It was, Unbelievable. It was pretty cool. Yeah. He wants to be on the gate at Anaheim 1, and he's going like, to win it. Like He's like, I'll be ready to win it. But he seemed very comfortable with it for some reason. I thought maybe there was a chance, hey, you go and do World Supercross, straight rhythm, you do whatever, you're out of contract. 
maybe you come back and Honda's like, hey, everything went well, and you know the seat's still here. Let's let's engage in talks again. But the Colt Nichols news, I think, pretty much. I mean, I, I think that's closed door now. Like that's yeah, done deal. Yeah. But what's he going to do, JT? What what? <laughs> I don't. I know you don't know, but whatever his yeah. options, where where can he go? What can he do outside of putting together his own program? To be on you know Honda equipment to be. On, you know, Yuriv Konsky's team, whether that's a part of Firepower Honda or not. I only say that because I, when I look around, I don't see a lot of other options on the table. Their signing of Colt Nichols is a pretty big shot across the bow of, hey, yeah, we're fine to move on from this. Could you not just do a deal with the series to be their 2023, you know, guy? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I would be open to that. He didn't rule it out. But from what I hear from people in the circle of him, that's not what he's looking for. Yeah, Mason, this clearly is the biggest news of the offseason, the silly season. It's it's crazy, right? He's one of the, the elite riders, one of the biggest names in the sport. So they definitely broke it down in all different sides, trying to decide what he's going to do and figure out. It's a great bench racing topic. What do you think of the discussion? Do you feel like they missed anything? No, I don't think so. But like JT said, you know, he's Ken Rockson. He's probably the most marketable guy in the sport right now and has been for a while. And I think that he'll find a home somewhere. Um, and I think it was JT that also said he could potentially be the face of the World Supercross. Mm-hmm. And that might sound like a great idea to him. I don't know. Um, but it's going to be really exciting to see what happens. I definitely thought the guys in studio there covered it really well. Yeah, that was what Steve was saying. And he mentioned, though, from the inner circle, people he talks to that maybe he's not so interested in doing that. So, again, who knows, right? We're not in the inner circle. It's hard to say what Kenny really wants to do. Uh, you know, and everybody's really stuck on, like, oh, well, he can't go to this team because he's Red Bull. And he's no way he's going to get out of that, you know, leave that contract or, or the Fox. And... I kind of wish Steve had asked Jeremy Malott about it. And, and again, maybe these are conversations Steve has ahead of time. Hey, can we talk about this? But I I don't know, Troy, that I feel that the Red Bull thing is like so concrete that there's no other option. Like I, I bet if there was a good enough deal, he could get out of his Red Bull deal and take another deal if that's what they wanted to do. Yeah, it honestly depends if he would want to do that. Sure. Like that's just, it's honestly, he's at a different point in his career where it's like his peak is kind of, I don't want to say he's past his peak, but he's kind of at a point where he's, he's a father. Now he wants to do his own thing, have his fun. And you kind of saw it when he got away from Alden a couple of years back, he got to eat whatever he wanted. It seems like he, if he's happy, he's going to do well. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think if he, yeah, you're right. If the right deal comes along, it's just whatever makes him happy right now. is what he's going to do. Yeah, it's super interesting. Um, I, I can't wait to find out what's going to happen. And I would imagine in the next couple of weeks, probably after this weekend over in Melbourne, I bet we'll start hearing a little more about it. Um, Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point in their career, from Steve Lanson, Lampson and Jeremy McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s. And today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, and many more. If it's style and performance you want, you come to the right place. So check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. Uh, Troy Dog, another guest was uh, Lars Lindstrom, Honda HRC team manager. And he's seemingly he came on primarily to talk about them acquiring Colt Nichols. 
big time move again in the offseason with this Kenny thing. It really, I don't know if I want to say it saved Colt's career, but it was a, it's close. I mean, Colt was uh, really struggling to find a, a, a ride that probably fits his talent level. And this was big, big for Colt. And I really enjoyed, and we're going to listen to what Lars had to say, but what'd you think about what Lars talked about with Colt and how they brought him on the team? Yeah. For, I like how he said how he has like not much expectations. Like they're not going to put much pressure on him. And Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be really beneficial for him to perform next year because, you know, it's his rookie 450 season. He's coming off a lot of injuries and he just needs something to start going his way, just like as you saw him win the 250 title. So if he can start building some momentum up again, like this is a perfect fit for him at Honda. Yeah, he so, did. Yeah, he didn't race. Well, he raced a one, and that's it. He didn't even finish that race. So zero mm-hmm. results for 2022. I actually shameless plug. I'll be interviewing him tomorrow for Vital. So you guys check that out once it's done. But yeah, I'm looking for big things for him too. I, I hope he gets back to his successful ways. Let's listen to the audio real quick though. Well, actually, before I do that, I'm going to ask you, Troy, just Lars as a guest, he's been on a couple of times this year. I haven't really had a chance to sit down and visit with him, but I like him as a guest. He's super cool dude and, you know, just really knowledgeable and I, I enjoy him. It's a, yeah, it's a guy who's seen so much mm-hmm. at team Honda that, you know, I wish I could just like get him to where I knew him and he could just tell me stories that like, <laughs> That, that are in his mind that he's just seen over the years. Cause I'm sure he's seen everything. Right. Um, so yeah, it, him being on the show, it just, it adds a lot of uh, good in-depth analysis and just what goes behind the scenes at Honda. And he's very, he's very open about it. It seems like, so yeah, yeah. He's a cool dude. All right. We're going to listen to audio and then I'll get to you, Mason. Uh, take us through that. Why Colt and, and, and how did that work for you? And, 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 you know, how's it been so far? Um, yeah, no, it's been really cool. Um, I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. I, uh, I it was uh, one of my first uh, times that I've gotten to kind of be, I pushed for that um, mm-hmm. and was able to make it happen. Uh, I think it was kind of one of those deals where um, we were trying to figure out, are we even going to have a second 450 guy as the talent? Um, proved that with the championship last year and probably didn't have the, the ride that he deserved coming into this season. He's going to be a really good guy for us to to uh, improve our bike and you know work with Chase and, and literally every single rider on our team loves him. Do you have a, a list of set another guy or was it like Colt or Bust for you once you guys decided to have another rider? Um, well, it definitely needed to make sense. Uh, we weren't just going to put a guy on just because um, you know we don't really we didn't really need to. Um, and like some other teams might with uh, the way that their sponsorships work, the type of rider that that Colt is, and um, you know, you know his uh, his level that he can be at is somewhere that I think um, for one could get the the results that we think you know mm-hmm. he should be at, and and also to help with uh, with the de- development of the bike too. Got a feel for him. Didn't get a chance to defend that title. A great guy. A great rider. And poof, you're out of the 250 class. I think we're going to give him the best opportunity to do just that, you know, um, to to build himself back up. I mean, he was, you know, won the championship 21, came in super strong at Anaheim, and unfortunately had that accident. So, um, I mean, he he deserves to have a a, a great ride in the 450 class. Uh, yeah. So Mason, 
Lars is saying all the right things in my just from the outside. As Troy Dog said, not putting a lot of pressure on him, kind of being like, hey, we didn't even necessarily have to get anybody else, but we felt like he it gives this Colt a good opportunity. It's going to work for us because he can help develop the bike, but then at the same time, it works for him because he can work on building himself back up. Like from the outside, listening to this conversation, it seems like just the perfect relationship, you know, going into this, at least this first season with him on Honda. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure Colt's pumped on it. It obviously sounds like Lars is as well. I think it's going to be a good fit for everybody. And I know Steve, toward the end of the interview, said that Lars is going to get it, or is getting a good deal on it. And he put a pretty big emphasis on deal. So I'm sure, um, you know, especially after Kenny leaving, they had a little bit of room. And I don't know that Colt's quite at the level of Kenny. So it sounds like they've got a little bit of room to do some different things. And I'm excited to see what, uh, what comes of it. Absolutely. And one of the things that wasn't in this audio, Troy, is Steve kind of said, well, hey, was there any thoughts of moving Jed up early for Supercross? Because we know he's going 450 outdoors. And uh, Lars was, he, he chose his words carefully, I feel like. The way he, you know, he's like, hey, I, Steve said he's ready. And Lars was like, oh, well, you could say that, but he's still pretty young. The 450 is no joke. So I kind of felt like Lars was like, yeah, he's not ready. Uh, yeah, there are people in the camp that maybe wanted to do that. But I felt like Lars was being very careful, but I, I liked the fact that I, I felt like I was reading between the lines and kind of got the picture of what he was trying to tell us. Yeah, it was nice that, you know, he asked and he answered carefully. And then we all can kind of make guesses as as it goes. But, uh, yeah, it was just the fact that we have this opportunity to hear this, like, the week after he was signed. Like, right. That's Like, that's cool. Like, we didn't have this 10 years ago or, you know, RC signs with Suzuki back in the day. Like, we don't know anything about it. So the fact that we can even have, like, a purpose to hear Lars talk about it is it's pretty rad, man. Very, Pulp Mech Show. Very true. Good. The Pulp Mech Show is – we have to be very thankful for the Pulp Mech Show. It's changing lives. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Mason, exactly. how cool is it – and I'm glad Steve brought this up because I was very curious why this happened. I was a little – I had some thoughts actually of why Jordan Troxel, Kenny's mechanic, was in Cardiff wrenching for him, and they answered it right. They hey, we we wanted him to have a guy that knew the bike and know the bike was going to be safe. Like they clearly still care enough about Kenny. It's not there's not bad blood there, and it's really cool that they allowed Jordan to go. Like I was kind of wondering if maybe Kenny made him an offer and Jordan was leaving Honda HRC, and like now we know the truth. Yeah, and I like you said, it's cool that there's no black, bad blood between them, and it's really uh, nice of them that they sent Jordan over, and obviously it paid off for him, and he did great over there. Yeah, very cool. Very cool of Honda to do that and allow it, because they could have easily been like, no, we're not helping him. We're out, you know, but they, yeah, they they did what was right. I like it. Marvin Muskan, fresh off dominating Red Bull straight rhythm, undefeated still, Mason. I don't know, though, when he was talking about Red Bull straight rhythm, like, I didn't feel excitement. I know he said it was fun. It was cool. But like, I didn't feel Monday night, this massive excitement from Marvin. I felt like it was a kind of a strange interview. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. He didn't seem like he was excited as he should have been. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't mean as much to him or whatnot, but I think he should be pretty proud of himself for <laughs> staying undefeated out there. Yeah, um, I, when, not going to lie, when he came on, I was a little nervous. I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be a long interview. But um, he, he did a really good job of just kind of getting through it. And um, I was kind of hoping for a little bit more excitement. But like I said, it, he uh, he got through it relatively quickly. Yeah, and I will 
kind of back that up by saying, like, I literally just interviewed him before we started this wrap-up show, and he was excited about it. Like, I kind of touched on some different topics than Steve did, tried to, and so he didn't have to kind of repeat the same stuff. But he did seem more excited. So maybe he was just kind of wore out Monday night. But I got that vibe. Troy, did you get it? Or did you feel the same way? Or maybe, maybe you got- it's you, Dark Side. Maybe I well, sorry to interrupt, but probably it might be you. It could be. He probably doesn't like Steve very much. I mean, I could understand oh, that. Wow, yeah. yeah. But Troy, what well, were he, your thoughts on Marvin yeah, Monday so, night? Didn't mean to cut you off there, but he's probably not going to like me for my answer here. But I thought <laughs> it was flat on Monday. Like okay. it was probably my least favorite interview of the night because it, everyone else was so good. And just, yeah, Marv wasn't really like feeling it. And he was just not giving us much. That was the so, vibe I got. Yeah. I thought it was unusual because that's not normal. Obviously, usually he gives us. You know, he goes on about a lot of stuff, gives us extra. So I did think it was an unusual interview, and I'm not putting that blame on Steve. It just seemed like Marvin wasn't feeling it. So, um, but Steve did ask a question that I thought got a pretty great response, and he asked him about retiring. Did you come mm-hmm. close to retiring, or were you kind of, you know, like, yeah, I still got it. I want to race another year. How, how close did you come to, to, to hanging it up? Definitely a good question, and I'm definitely right now in um – in a situation in my career where where yeah it's a little bit kind of it's strange obviously yeah mm-hmm. I've, I've 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 raced outdoors for 12 years i think yeah, yeah. i've been here for 12 <laughs> years or i've been I've, been I've done 12 seasons so right now not racing outdoors definitely um i had some time off but i kept yep. riding a little bit here and there just getting back into <laughs> supercross i'm like man I, I i love it i'm still doing good mm-hmm. stuff on the bike uh physically decent so so that's why my i always say that when i feel like i'm i'm, I'm competitive i want to keep racing um but yeah when you ask me if i was if i, if I came close to retiring i sh- i would say sometimes when i would get 10th or okay. or something in the main event maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But then the next weekend, I I get third and I'm right. and I'm loving it. So this is uh, the tough. I mean, the good and the tough part about racing. So, sure. um, so yeah, here I am for 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 another year. So I'm definitely uh, excited about it, and uh, I'm sure we're going to improve the bike. So that's a plus. Okay, so Troy, yeah, that was good stuff, right? That was like the a human answer, which I mean, Troy, Marvin's always good with that stuff, but. I, I like the honesty. Yeah, when I'm riding bad, I'm kind of thinking maybe it's time to give it up. And then I have a good race. I'm like, oh, wait, I still got it. Like, that's like all of us, right? Some days we have bad days. Some days we have the good days. And as humans, half the time, we don't know what the hell we really want. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we change day to day. And I mean, you're a racer. It's hard to give it up, mm-hmm. uh, especially of their caliber. And, you know, Marv, it's for him, like he just won this past year. So for him to give it up like right now, that would be pretty tough. Yeah, that's something we talked about, and we're gonna. I'm gonna bring up the, the going to O'Neill Gear and not, Thor not resigning him here in just a second. And when I talked to him a little bit ago, some one of the things I brought up was like, "Look, you were pretty successful. You're still. I think you got six podiums this year in Supercross and got a win. Like that's still a guy, Mason, at the top level, right? That's a successful rider. Very few guys are getting six podiums and a win in a year in the 450 class. So. This guy still has it at his age at 30, what, I think 32? Crazy. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, so what are your thoughts on that, like the possibility of him retiring and him kind of going, hey, man, I still enjoy racing. That was I thought it was a great answer. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I think that it was a really good answer. And it's cool to just hear like that personal side of it. And I don't know if you'll get that in the middle of the season from him. Right. So it's cool that Steve had him on at this time of the year after the event. And, um, you know, he, he is still a, easily a, obviously a race winner and podium threat every weekend he lines up. And I, I hope he continues to line up for obviously next year and hopefully the year after. I just want to keep seeing all these top guys out there battling for it. Yeah, it, within the retirement conversation, and this is not the kind of thing that Steve nor, normally brings up. It's sort of more where I would go, and I did. But, you know, Matilda's pregnant, so he's about to be a father, have a family, and I kind of was curious how that relates to the future of Marvin Muscan. You know, are you going to want to race more? Are you going to want to race less? Are you, you know, where does that affect you? And you guys can check out Vital in a few days for that information. But I, I thought Steve would have, I thought Steve would have asked about it, but he didn't. So I guess you'll have to check out Vital for, for the answer. But <laughs> lots of plugs, lots of plugs. Going to the O'Neill thing, again, big surprise that Thor didn't resign. Let's listen to what they had to say. You switched to O'Neill gear. Uh, long time yeah. guy with Thor. Now you're in O'Neill. How'd that How'd that go down? And, and why the switch? Well, I mean, uh, it is it is what it is. Just um, yeah, I had uh, no offer. I would say so from yeah from Thor. Okay, that's, that's basically it. That's basically it. Right. So we did uh, you know contact uh, O'Neill, and then they were you know very motivated, and and I really. I really enjoy so far, you know, like the, the support that they're giving me and getting me, you know, the, the, the gear mm-hmm. was supplemented, you know, like uh, logos and my name already in a short time. So I enjoy working with them so far and giving them uh, a win right now, right away. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I enjoy that too, you know, it, it, yeah. it, it's good for myself, but I, I always enjoy um, giving, you know, wins or good results uh, to my sponsors. Troy Dog. He was upset, right? He's he's can't he can't really understand why Thor didn't give him an offer. You want? Did he, I, in, is that the true story, or did they just like lowball him? You wonder. I, I, I think they didn't give him. Well, you might check out Vital in a couple of days, and you'll know. But oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, we didn't actually we get into the answer. actual details of that either. But he made it sound like he did not get an offer. Yeah, that's pretty hard. Yeah. Like, he's been in Thor gear for since he came over here. Dude, they, they had the cat gear. That, they so. made the cat gear for him. <laughs> yeah. Maybe O'Neill will do it. Maybe. Some I don't know. He seemed he sounded surprised. Like he was very you know, nothing against O'Neill. He's excited to be on O'Neill, but he has this relationship with Thor. And I think he was genuinely disappointed, flabbergasted that he didn't get an offer. It makes no sense. I'd be surprised too. After all these years, like it's, that's like you're, you know, getting an offer not to you know dig a ditch this year or something. You know, <laughs> okay. dark side. Like I don't know if that relates. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. It, it, yeah, I know. I'm just trying to like put it in perspective. Like for that's me. your that's somebody you've had like a pretty good relationship with. I'd hope for yeah. all these years and getting them wins and, and uh, yeah, that's in podiums. Like that's and not to even get an offer. That's yeah. It'd be like fly racing, not making me an offer to have gear for vets coming up. If so, I had to go somewhere else, it would have been, it would have broke my heart. Oh, exact same. Yep. Absolutely. May, uh, Mason, w- would you agree that he seemed genuinely surprised? Yeah. Um, he did seem a little bit surprised that he didn't go back to Thor, but maybe they're still sitting on all that cat gear and that's, uh, <laughs> what did him in. Okay. Good point. That could be the answer. Uh, speaking of surprise, I am surprised that more people 
don't know or don't use seal savers. Tell us about seal savers. Well, since uh, 1999, we've been providing the off-road industry the ultimate protection for their fork seals. A number of years ago, we got into the four-wheel game with our coil savers and CV savers, which are doing great for us. We're always continuing to innovate and improve our products, and we're currently in the process of developing a couple more right now. Um, so, yeah, you've got to check out our website. If you've got a motorcycle, if you've got a side-by-side, I've got something for you. Check us out and make sure you use the code PULP25 for 25% off at sealsavers.com. Troy Dog, you got your seal savers yet? No, I actually do not. Uh, uh, I don't have a bike right now. Well, so you got a side by side? I did, though. What's that? You got a side by side? What do you got? I got something for you, I'm sure. No, I don't have any toys right now. You don't even have a mountain bike? Uh, I got a road bike. Oh, I got to get some from our mountain bike. That's that's after I get my fork seals replaced on my mountain bike, I need some seal savers. I know a guy, dark side. I'll hook it up. Okay. Yeah. Give me a touch. <laughs> All right. I will. All right. So I called in as I always do to talk about this wrap up show, but primarily I want to call in and talk about the vet world championships and guys, I Steve's attitude is bullshit and I don't buy it. Swiss core during the X brand tear offs asked the question, if dark side beats you, did you go too far in changing his life? Check it out. Steve, if dark side beats you at world vets, did you go too far in changing his life? Ah, not, not a bad question. Uh, no, no, um, I'm only competing against myself. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm doing. Just prepping, man. Prepping. Put in a couple twenties today. You know, prepping for vets. You're not taking it too serious, but I am. Twenty seconds or twenty? No, like twenty laps or what? What are we? Twenty doing? minutes. Yeah, twenty minutes. Two twenties. Right. Okay. Well, good job, Mr. Side. Yeah, way to go. You know, again, I just work hard in silence. That's what I do. You know, I'm not yeah, going to post yeah, everything all over the place. And, that's you know, what you're known for. Just not going <laughs> to, you know, go around bragging to everybody. You'll see it when You'll it's time. You'll see it when it's time. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell well, you. Will I see it? I, I, I'm, I have to have the GoPro pointed backwards, I guess, if I'm going to see it. Okay. Uh, uh, again, I'm know. just racing myself. I'm just competing within myself, and that, that's no, all. You're, that, you're racing with a bunch of other guys. That's all. That, that's all that matters to me is how I feel at the end of the moto <laughs> uh, on my effort, and uh, where I place is irrelevant. Bullshit, Mason. I don't like it. I think he's full of shit. And first of all, let me ask. I'm going to ask each of you a question, Mason. How many Manitoba titles does he have? Uh, I don't know. Has he mentioned it before? Uh, only a couple times. Yeah, he's got four. He was, what, two points short of a fifth, from what I remember? Troy Dog, From what? every single show I've ever heard. Troy Dog, what event did he and Ferry beat McGrath in? Summercross. Mason, who got nets into Supercross? That was Steve Mathis. Troy Dog, whose life did he supposedly change? Yours. God, how do we know all this? I mean, because he brags. It's pretty common knowledge. Constantly, at this point, really, because he talks about it constantly, constantly. Steve, full of shit. I don't know, Mason. Do you think, in his mind, do you think he cares more than he's acting like, or do you think he legitimately doesn't really care? I he has to care more than that. Come on, he's got to care more than that. Once he's looking at the back of your your jersey, he's going to care a whole lot more. I'm sure. <laughs> I feel like if he beats me, he's going to care a whole lot come Monday night. 
But yeah, immediately he, he's going to care a whole lot more and how he trained hard with this closet trainer and everything. Right. No, he cares a lot more. And Troy, he keeps bringing up the surprise he's got. I mean, what, do, what do we need a surprise for? What is this big news if you don't care? Um, that's a good point. I don't know. Maybe he's got a new bike coming or something, well, but I actually at the do. same time, yeah, go ahead. you guys, who if you win or you beat each other, well, I mean, what's, what's at stake? You don't, you guys don't have anything at stake right now. It's just, uh, it's like, just for, for, I guess, shit talking rights. Really? I mean, I do know what a surprise is and it's pretty cool. I, I don't want to say, I didn't want to bust this bubble because I don't think share it, with the group uh, right now. Break it. I can't do it on air. I'm not going to do that to him. He wants to. Nobody listens to this show. Come on. <laughs> I'm not going to do it on here. You guys are fine. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be out soon. It's coming out soon. But uh, anyway, speaking of life changes, let me move this audio over. You're trying to take credit for this. Just no, like the Nets? no, no, yep. no, no. Yep. But hey, it, this, no. the Nets, Dark Side's uh, work ethic and his progress within the. You can't deny me changing Dark Side's <laughs> life. You can't. De- no you one. Change his life. I changed his you life. changed his look. You didn't change I changed his, his life. life. Well, what do you like? Let me ask you this. Yeah. In that case, when are you going to start? Are you and Keith are going to go together and get a bike for James Stewart and tell, ask him to cut his hair and lose his bandana? You're going to try to change his life? No, no. Stu's got millions of dollars. He's fine. <laughs> He's not crawling in ditches like our friend Jamie. Yeah. Um, you have so many times been a bit of a verbal punching bag on this show and i know that steve and kiefer <laughs> mostly steve and steve and then sometimes steve likes to say that he changed your life but i would like to publicly mm-hmm. make it clear that without jamie's work ethic and how long he's been grinding within this industry he certainly would not be where he's at today you changed his look but you didn't change his life. So kudos to you for getting a job that is well-deserved, and I hope that you will continue to You think to do. he's getting the job with his greasy bandana and his ponytail. You oh, think Michael no. Lindsay's... Oh, heck no, he's not. Right. No, he's not. Michael Lindsay's not hiring him. <laughs> no, he's not. But the thing is, you can't take someone uh, who's stuck in the 90s with a <laughs> ponytail and a bandana and then get him a haircut, and all of a sudden they're a off-road motorcycle, supercross motocross media person. You can't do that. I did that. No, yeah. you did, no, you didn't do that. You yeah. took some. You took someone who has a great work ethic, who has been dedicated to this sport, building his own podcast. But Randy, right? but, hold on, okay, hold on, okay. hold on. That's what you got. That person who had the, done his own groundwork and then got him to change his look. Okay, so thank you, Randy, for having my back. Troy, just any thoughts on that? Really, I just wanted to thank Randy for having my back. But any thoughts? Well, I have several hundred thoughts on that. Um, but no, but really though, it's, they're both right. I mean, you, you, you've grinded. I, I, this is what you want. You set this up to like, you know, talk so nice about you. And I, I'm not going to do that on this podcast because okay. Fair. I made a day for you on Twitter, bro. Yes, you did. <laughs> I'm going to one up you right now. So okay. I made you a nice day on Twitter uh-huh. and everybody came together. We built you up some more. The whole world. So everything that was said on that thread is what I say to you right now. Okay. Because it was not be nice to dark side day. And we're going to have one of those probably every six months. So get ready <laughs> so, for that. So dumb. I appreciate it, Troy. I appreciate it. I appreciate Randy. And I honestly, I appreciate Steve Mason. He has done a lot. The greasy bandana, greasy hair thing gets on my nerves a little bit. Cause it was all clean, but I, I hear where he's coming from, even though Randy made a semi, he had a good idea, bad, bad, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, 
it, it didn't work the way he wanted to when he talked about James Stewart and his hair. Because, yeah, that there's no way Steve's going to uh, relate that to me. But then, like, Michael Lindsay, my boss now, has long hair. Steve's not going to say anything. There are other guys with long hair. Steve doesn't say anything. It really comes down to Mason. It's just his way of fucking with me. 100%. I think to even be considered and use your name in the same sentence as James Stewart That's should be true. an honor. So oh, I would yeah. be pumped on that. I um, but I mean, I do think you've absolutely earned everything that you have accomplished. I do think Steve has uh, maybe helped expedite that along the way. But I think uh, I like to think that, um, you know, I saw the future of dark side a long time ago. That's where we came on the wrap up. But um, yeah. like I said, dark side, you've, uh, you've definitely earned where you're at and I'm very happy for you. And um, obviously wish you the best going forward. Well, like Jeannie Carmichael, Steve Mathis has been a good mentor and coach. So, but sometimes maybe it's time to move on. So this wrap up show is coming close to an end. We're getting closer to the end and uh, still savers. I know you guys are working with Steve and trying to stay on board the pulp empire. So I hope that does happen. And this wrap up show may continue. We don't know yet, but Steve, thank you for your help. Thank you for everything you've done. But yeah, I did, I had a part in it. I, I had a small part in it, Steve. So I, I need a little bit of credit for that. Uh, last couple things on this show. Chris Kiefer called in. He's at the goat farm right now for the 2023 Yamaha YZ450F introduction. Uh, we can't hear anything about the bikes right now. Sounds like they may be doing a podcast, I think, Friday or Saturday. They're going to record it. Oh, and by the way, Sunday show next week. What the fuck? I ain't got time. You can't screw up my schedule. I'm being, I'm at a race Sunday. I can't listen to Pulp Mix Sunday night, Steve. I don't know if next week's wrap-up show is going to get done. That's on you. But back to Chris Kiefer. Uh, it was kind of funny, Mason, just him calling in and talking about Villo yelling at him for being a pussy because he doesn't drink and all these mechanic stories that he's hearing and Villapoto stories. I love the fact that he called in and told us that, but at the same time, I'm like, no, you can't call in and tell us you're hearing these stories and not give us a story. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I was hoping for a little bit more, but I'm sure some of them were pretty out there. Um, just I don't listening care. Just to RV on the shows, I'm sure some of them were pretty out there and um, I'm sure inappropriate too, but I would have loved to have been a fly in the car listening to what he had to say. Oh, yeah, and I, I bet maybe we get a little bit of it. Maybe they'll just kind of give us a general generic version but then troy chris made a very funny comment and he posted it i think on twitter maybe instagram stories that i wasn't invited because they didn't have enough 450s for me to come out yamaha 450s for me to come out there and basically destroy them haha bradshaw comment but uh good stuff from Kiefer. Kiefer's always good when he calls in yeah no Kiefer is always a uh, great guest he's one of my favorite co-hosts obviously for a while there, I mean, he's like the main coast. I feel like mm-hmm. he's just kind of, yep. He just kind of takes charge, and uh, I just I always, the more I get into knowing him, like I don't really know him as well as like you guys do, but he's just been great and just just been a nice guy, and that's what I hear from like a lot of people in the industry. So yeah, he just always posted, good when Kiefer's on. He just posted, I think it was on Instagram, maybe Twitter, like he's on a plane, and I guess he was holding some lady's baby because she needed. I know. Did you see that? Kiefer. I want him to I want him to babysit my kids. I just put a tweet out there like, hey man, oh, yeah. like we, we need babysitters. Like, is that cool? Like, uh, is that I'm gonna see what happens. Kiefer Kiefer would do it. He him and Heather are awesome. I mean, we heard the the story of how Heather took care of Randy while he was there. So yeah, they're they're good people. Uh last question on that topic, real quick for both of you. Steve, they kind of brought up why Steve wasn't at the intro, and he says it's very controversial. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. We don't know. It could be exaggerating. I want to just get you guys to hype 
hypothesize why he wasn't there. So you go first, Troy Dog. Why was Steve not at the Star intro or at the Yamaha intro? I just think it's the the team manager over there, right? For the 450 guys. What's his name again? Uh, Coker? Coker, yeah. I think it's just because that. Okay. That's what I've been like thinking about because I, I have thought about it and I'm like, why wouldn't he be loud? And I just think maybe their beef runs a little too deep. Okay. How about you, Mason? Got any thoughts? Yeah. Um, so here's my wild pulled conspiracy is I think that Ken Roxon has left Honda and is going over to Yamaha because Steve is leaving uh, Yamaha and going to be riding a Honda at World Vet. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's a good. stretch. That's a stretch. That's a stretch. Yeah. All right. I, well, then I, I'm out. I have no idea. Yeah, I, I don't have any idea either, but I'll be interested if they actually tell us and if there's really anything even to it. We'll find out probably by the end of the weekend. I'm pretty sure they're doing a podcast, like I said, this weekend to, to cover all this stuff. I don't know when it comes out because I think the embargo lifts on Sunday. Uh, but, hey, those are who ride dirt bikes. Or Saturday for you, bro. <laughs> Sorry. Smartass. those who ride dirt bikes motorcycles atvs and utvs know motorsport is the best place for oem and aftermarket parts riding gear and accessories motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good too whether you race on the track ride on the trails commute on the street make your next ride your best ride only at motorsport.com don't forget to go to pulpmxshow.com or pulpmx.com use the the banners the widget motorsport banners to take you there Place your orders, and you can get all the sponsor, the wrap-up sponsors products there. Guts Racing, Michelin, as well as Seal Savers, all at motorsport.com. Two more things. Uh, Robbie, uh, Randy's buddy Robbie jumped on at the end of the show, and we had a Kajiva discussion from his bike collection. Steve trying to buy a Kajiva. I kind of like, uh, Troy, the way it went from... Like this sort of just transition where he was going to get a bike. Or maybe I'm going to give you a bike. And then we found out it's like a bike that doesn't run. Like that whole thing was like a slow build to kind of a comical. So he's like, no, I don't want a bike that doesn't run. Yeah, it was, that's basically like Pulp Mex in a nutshell. Like it's like, <laughs> like the whole brand from when it started to now, like that, it's just whole buildup of like, yeah. I'm going to get this and I'm <laughs> going to get that. And then it just blows up in his face right there. And it's just, that was awesome. Yeah, it was a good, like, just a fun conversation, uh, Mason. It's just like a couple of buddies sitting around, as the Pulp Mix show is, discussing stuff that we discuss with our buddies, right? Motorcycles. I, hey, I want that. I want that bike. You got, you got that bike in your garage. You're not using it. Let me have it. Let me let me buy it from you. And it just, it's it's not super serious. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah, that's the best part about yeah, it. Yeah, and, and even if makes- like Oops, we could get like. Like if I would sponsor his barbecue, that'd be cool. But like, I'm not going to pay for it. Just like, let's just run a Troy dog sticker on it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's what he wants. Mason, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I think that's what I enjoy more about the off season races versus the in season races is because you get a lot more of that, I guess, shop talk kind of conversations around the, around the show. Yeah, definitely. Two more topics real quick. JT back on quesadillas. He's on vacation. Mason, uh, do you think his life falls apart now? No, but I think JT is so much more fun on the show when he's got a couple drinks in him or a little <laughs> bit more relaxed. Um, the one show, I think it was right after 4th of July when he was on, that one was incredible, and this one was just shy of that. So right, uh, right. I think JT needs to, uh, it up. to uh, lube up a little bit before he comes on each week. Yeah, uh, Troy, what about you? Do you think the, uh, the diet is ruined now? He's back on quesadillas full-time, or are we just on vacation having a good time? There's no way he's going to let himself go on no. that. Like he's he's going to go back to hard cut. 
and he's going to get back to training. Like he's just ripped. He's I don't, just, he's full on in. I don't think a couple cases is are going to have hurt him in any no. way whatsoever. <laughs> the dude is he beat me in arm wrestling by just looking at him. <laughs> right, right. Okay, we're about to wrap this thing up. I want to thank again Motorsport.com, Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, as well as all the Pulpomex sponsors. Go to PulpomexShow.com. There are links and little widgets or whatever you can click on, logos you can click on that take you and give you the discount codes, links to the websites. Use those sponsors that promote Pulpomex so that he can continue doing shows. It's very, very important. I want to thank my guys, Mason and Troy Dog, for coming on the show. Before I let you go, favorite interview of the night, Monday night, Troy Dog. I will go with, and the first one popped in my head, I wasn't even expecting this, but Lars. Okay. I really, I like, I really like his vibe. I like that it just popped up in your head last second. That, that, makes, it, that makes it accurate, I think. It's, you don't have to think about it. How about you, Mason? Right. Lars was good, but I really enjoyed Jeremy Malott. Yep. Um, I thought that was really good. All that insight from uh, Straight Rhythm was cool. Yeah, I mentioned this at the beginning, so if anybody was even cares or is confused, at Houston Supercross, I think it was last year. So I they have the you know the the uh, Vans Triple Crown BMX thing that goes on at a few of the rounds at Supercross. So I was going out there to check it out, and I hear over the loudspeaker, uh, Jeremy Malott's about to roll in. I was like, oh shit, I didn't know Jeremy Malott rode BMX. I never met Jeremy at the time. So I roll over there, and this guy rolls in with a monster helmet. I'm like, that's weird. I thought he worked for Red Bull. And so come to find out, yeah, there's another Jeremy Malott that is a professional BMX rider, and he's sponsored by Monster. Very uh, sim, very matrixy. Kind of That's odd. Yeah, kind of messed yeah. my head up a little bit. And they have met each other. They're aware. Pretty interesting. Uh, anyway, so just, yeah, just to clarify. Hey, that. do they look like each other at all? No, no, not at all. Oh, okay. No. All right. No, but they're both very cool dudes, uh, very nice guys, and in the industry, super super weird. Other than that, guys, uh, darkside at pulpmex.com. If you have any questions, comments, criticisms, etc., I would love to get some criticism that I could read on this show with only a couple more to go. So give me some. Hit me up. That's it. We're out. Why would you want to read talk about the pulp show? Tell me